you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the League Podcast dances on the precipice of madness. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hanses. I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. You know, we just did uh, an opener here where I think the seventh grade version of, of Dan... <laughs> Attempted to open the show and we had to start it over. Do we again. have to let the audience wow. know every time I botch the open? I like to open the door. I'm going to get my revenge for that, Mark. Mark my words. Just making it real. I like when you keep it real. Tension raised in the Studio 66 here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I my voice cracked, and uh, it's because I'm ill. And let me tell you something. Warrior right here came to work anyway. Greg. This is right up there with Michael Jordan's flu game. <laughs> uh, how is everybody doing today? Great. Friday, it's a quiet time of year. We're, it's terrific. Um, the gold standard, welcome back behind the glass. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Do you want to try to drop a seduction Friday? Ooh. I don't I, think I, you should, but no. You don't think I should? That was a rhetorical question. Yeah, I was just saying because Kay Rich did it in her visit last I week. Mean, I'm feeling a little Friday-ish. Let's not do it, actually. Okay. I immediately had regrets. Okay. It was it was all queued up. <laughs> I know. I know. Quickest I'm sorry. I'm sorry for getting your hopes up. That's all right. Um, we have a full show today. Again, the football landscape. It might be. It might seem silent, but there's no shortage of topics on the Around the League podcast. People have been <laughs> tweeting at us. They've been enjoying these off seasons, saying they like the off season podcast even more than the regular season yes today is friday april 11th this is the release of draft day if you've watched nfl network uh, at all this week you are acutely aware of this uh, fact mark and i did a, a write-up review type thing uh, that went up thursday night and we're going to talk about draft day a little bit we're going to go back into our roster reset series and check in on the afc east and the nfc south and we'll call up the great Kevin Patra to get his thoughts because he handled the NFC South uh, for the Around the League page. But before that, Gold Standard, why don't we do some news? Let's do it. 
Alex Mack signed his five-year, $42 million offer sheet with the Jaguars, the Cleveland Browns center under the transition tag. Now it's up to the Browns to match it. They have five days to decide whether or not they want to bring back the Pro Bowl center. And according to Ian Rappaport, that is not a sure thing. The team has not made a decision on whether they will match the offer. Sources in Cleveland indicate the team is, quote, really mulling it over. I see some communication between Greg and Mark. Who's going to start? And I'm just going to throw it out there and see who takes it. Well, what do you want? You want them to keep Mac, right, Mark? I think so. I mean, it's it is a lot of money. You're not sure. It's a lot of money. So you're not it's, sure any center is worth it? Ross Tucker, who we've had on the podcast, he made a, a written argument that no center is worth that money. I think, for me, what more is worth it is a player that, as Wes pointed out on the last show, has not missed a snap since 2009. Those kind of guys are hard to find. I like um, He's one of the few Browns that you could say, from a durability angle, has that going for him. It's not the kind of guy you want to lose, but... You know, listen, Cleveland took a risk with the transition tag, and this is now they're paying the price. They don't have to pay too much of a price. They were going to pay him $10.5 million this year. They'll pay him $18 million over the next two years, which is actually lowering the average salary, and uh, he'll have a player option going into the third year. Without getting too deep into it, it doesn't seem onerous. It seems like a contract they would match. They have the cap room, right? They do. And the one thing that I found, there's no poison pill in here, but the Jaguars and Max Camp did a nice job of putting in a no-trade clause because there was some whispers that what Cleveland might try to do is match and then get anything they could from the Jaguars by trading him back to Jacksonville at some point, which is a lot harder to do than it seems, but they covered their bases. I thought that was for Max's benefit, but it's really for the Jaguars' benefit. Well, I think it was if Cleveland, yes, I think if Cleveland were to match, it's it's like you can't turn around and get something back from Jacksonville. They would lose out on Mac, but Wes, give me a power rankings on the offensive line in terms of importance. You have left tackle, guards, center. Where does the center factor in in that? In your opinion, fifth out of five, really? Yeah, and that might explain some things. Why do you think that? I think that because. Uh, Players like Ross Tucker, who has played uh, every position basically on the line, and really the interior, he came out, and the article Greg was referencing, Tucker said, uh, it's common knowledge among all interior linemen that center is the easiest to play. And I think we've been reading that for a couple of decades now. It was a more important position in the 70s and 80s, and I don't know enough about the history of the game to say why it was more important, Mm -hmm. but it was generally considered more important back then than it is now. And they took a look. There was a tweet the other day of the last five Super Bowl winners and the salaries of their centers, and they were strikingly low. They were like 300000 per year. Look at the Saints. They had a guy, Brian De La Puente, who held his own at center the last couple of years. And they, for a great offense. For a great offense, and they let him walk out the door, never tried to re-sign him. The Bears signed him for peanuts, and the Saints just think they can plug anybody in there. Well, just like they let Jonathan Goodwin, their old center, walk away and didn't really care, just figured they'll replace him with anyone. I think part of work. that is that Breeze is so good at pre-snap adjustments, and once the play happens, he's so good at getting rid of the ball quickly and buying extra time. He makes his offensive line look look as good as any quarterback does. I think you've got your quarterbacks to call out line changes and line adjustments, your Mannings, but 
I, I think the one advantage to not switching a center four times in a season or having to do it every year is that consistency. The guy that just knows what, in his own division what he's seen from certain players. I mean, Mac did bring that, but I'm leaning towards, you know what? Listen, the guy doesn't want to be there anyways. Ooh. Let him go. There he is. Well, they have until Wednesday uh, to decide whether to match it. And I hope they wait till Wednesday so that we can get Alex Mack into the program seven straight shows. <laughs> can't get enough of Alex. Your point is why I don't get the no trade part of it. If he doesn't want to be in Cleveland, why does he care if he's By traded? Way, and if the Jaguar, Jaguars want him that bad, why not give up a late-round draft pick? And I think it prevents Cleveland from matching is what I meant to say. Because if you're Cleveland... You cannot trade Mac if you bring oh, him I back get, in. I, get you. I okay. think they really, they, we, this guy does not want to be here. Jacksonville really wants him. He wants to go there. We could match and trade him back to Jacksonville for even something. Let me just jump in and just say that NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Thursday night that there is no issue with Alex Mack not wanting to be in Cleveland. I know that's been reported. Maybe that's changed. Maybe it hasn't. But. Ian reported last night that that's not as big as an issue as many people see. Would any think. center have an issue making this much money? Right, and what's he going to do anyways? He, by all accounts, is a good teammate, a hard worker, a good player. If if you're in Cleveland, you're going to make the best of it. And how hard could center be? <laughs> that's actually on the tourism. It's always the tone of that's this, the tourism of this team. brochure. <laughs> Chamber of Commerce. If you're stuck here, make the best of it. You are a factory of sadness. <laughs> Oof. How and how I'm gonna get you. <laughs> how hard could center be to play if Manny Ramirez, former baseball player, comes off the street oh, and yeah. signs with the Broncos <laughs> last true. year? Not, not even a hard working yeah. baseball player. He doesn't player even work hard. That's and he's just Manny being Manny. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot savant at center. Uh moving on. Bob Groats, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Bob, of the Delaware County Daily Times reported Wednesday night that the Eagles made an offer two months ago for Miami Dolphins pass rusher Deion Jordan. According to a league source, the Eagles attempted to package a second-round pick and linebacker defenseman Brandon Graham in exchange for last year's number three overall pick. The deal didn't happen. I guess you know maybe something could happen down the line. And this is also just a report. We don't know how serious it is. But I can't. Are the I know there are reports about Deion jo- Jordan being on the trade block. Why would the Dolphins give up on this guy so quickly? I know it's a prior regime, but there's a lot of skill. There's a lot of skill with this guy. right? What position does he play? Yeah, he sat the bench last year. They, Olivier Vernon, who plays the same position as Deion Jordan, had a breakout year. Jordan is when he was coming out was considered a better fit in a three-four defense as an outside linebacker. Now he's stuck in a four-three. And they don't have a starting spot for him unless they release Philip Whe- Philip Wheeler. And and Philbin at the in Orlando a couple weeks ago, he said, "Oh, we're gonna we're looking at we're gonna fix his snap count. We're gonna try to get." But they don't have a clear plan for him, and they have an excess. That's on them. Well, it is on them, of course. But it's like they also seem like they got this guy. They don't quite know how to use him. But by they the way, traded up to get him. He's very similar to Jamie. Not Collins, the current GM, though. Who the Patriots. Right. Found a way to use a different sort of skill set, uh, a defensive lineman that's bigger and leaner and could go back in coverage every now and then. But in-house seer Chris <laughs> Wessling <laughs> tweeted long before this report came out that this was a natural trade target for the Eagles. I mean, and it obviously is for Chip Kelly, but Wessling, you mentioned this ages ago. Well, he isn't. I think he's best suited to the outside linebacker in a 3-4. So that was one of the reasons. And then the obvious connection that he played college ball under Chip Kelly. I like that the Eagles are sending out trade offers like the guy in your keeper fantasy league. <laughs> that It's not really a fair offer at all. But, hey, what could be the downside here? 
Maybe uh, the new Dolphins regime doesn't really like Jordan. Well, let's just give it a shot. Why not give some chances? But if you're Philly, would you give up no. number 22? If that's, It sounds like that's the stakes are moving more. They didn't want the second rounder in Graham. It's got to be maybe the first rounder. That feels expensive for... Well, didn't the Browns basically set the uh, the trade table on this one? Number three overall pick one year equals a first round pick the next year. When Trent Richardson was a third overall pick, and they got a first round pick for him, so seems like the Dolphins would have to get a first round pick for Deion Jordan. If the, the league, Eagles no gave favors. up a first round pick, that seems like a fair trade. Yeah. Some quarterback news around the New York Giants. Uh, first up, Eli Manning successfully, always successfully with surgeries, completed orthoscopic surgery on his left ankle on Thursday afternoon. Uh, the timetable has him out about six weeks, uh, which would get him back on his feet in mid-May. And in other news, there's a report out there that Josh Freeman will work out for the Giants. Josh obviously spent last year with the Bucks and then Vikings and has been unable to find a job to this point. Well, the the Giants coaches were so impressed with all the passes <laughs> that Freeman completed to them on the sidelines during the game. They just thought, wow, this guy's got some heat on his fastball. It's like, that's a great point, actually, because we it actually it's almost in lore now. If you follow the NFL closely, how bad <laughs> Josh Freeman's one start as a Viking was. It's almost amazing that the team that that game came against and and. Listen, he was behind the eight ball, which is people don't think about that the coaching staff in Minnesota unfairly kind of rushed him into the starting lineup when he wasn't ready, and clearly his mechanics were already shot at that point. But at the same time, that the Giants, that team that he played against, would be the one that hosts him, that's kind of interesting. Before we came up to the studio, I saw a report that the Giants were also uh, kicking the tires on Matt Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the Packers doing? You re-sign Matt Flynn. He's perfect. Why? He's the perfect backup for the Packers. He's proven it twice now. Set the bar higher. Yeah, I agree with Mark. What is? What did he do wrong when he signed last year? Did you watch the first couple games? Matt he played? Flynn. Yeah, Matt he didn't Flynn move the, did the offense job. until the other team went into into prevent mode. That was my problem with him. If Josh Freeman had the physical makeup of, say, Colt McCoy, no one would take a look at him ever again. I think it's his size his height that has teams thinking we can do we can fix this guy he was a starter for well josh, years by the way josh freeman was for a lot of reasons but it's a fact an effective nfl starter over the course of an entire season colt mccoy let's not put him let's not put him in that category with a matt flitter or colt mccoy he has shown he could be pretty useful maybe not the best quarterback in the league but you throw whatever that 2000 and 11 season was that you know that's pretty impressive yeah my big takeaway from this whole discussion is nobody knows anything about the nfl draft remember last year when doug nassib was going to be the ryan nassib ryan nassib i don't even know his name because the <laughs> giants got him apparently stuck in the third quarterback role he was supposed to be the best quarterback in the draft class last year he was greg cosell's number two for months and months. according to several people the best quarterback in the draft class giants don't even want him apparently mm. well they also might have realized with this Eli Manning surgery, oh no, Curtis Painter and Ryan Nassib are the next guys on our list. Eli Manning has never missed a game in his NFL career. Maybe it reminded them, and he's never had a surgery. This is really the first major injury for him, and maybe it got them thinking about life without Eli. By the way, Matt Flynn, not a perfect quarterback, but week 16, Packers come back from a 23-point deficit to beat the Cowboys in Dallas, throws four touchdown passes in the second half. 
and a 37-36 win. Listen, I'm so, no, that's your backup. That, is, that and game, you have to remember you're right, who was in before Aaron Rod- after is, Rodgers. That guy came in that, and got a double. Is that performance predictive? Well, no, but the, he's it's pro- not. Well, nothing is. You, I mean, he's been okay for the Packers a few times. That's fair. He doesn't have out, the arm. In his first outing in Green Bay, his first and second were a disaster. You're flirting with disaster if, if he's your backup quarterback and you're a contender. Freeman, by the way, is making a huge mistake if he doesn't go to the loving arms of Mark Tressman up in Chicago. <laughs> That's perfect Moving on. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills have a famous suitor in uh, you know the franchise is up for grabs potentially after Ralph Wilson passed away. This is Kevin Patra's writing. Rocker John Bon Jovi <laughs> reportedly will be the face of a Toronto <laughs> rocker. Bon jo- John Bon Jovi reportedly will be the face <laughs> of a Toronto-based group seeking to purchase the club. This according to the Toronto Sun. All right, you're writing that post. What is your preface to John Bon Jovi? How would you label him? The handsome pop rocker. John Bon Jovi. All right, let's go around the room with this one. Uh, this is the most depressing story I've, heard, I've read in, in years. <laughs> because you can sing into a microphone, you make enough money in this country to then buy a multi-hundreds of millions of dollars football team. Is this related to uh, Gloria Stefan in your world? Oh, no, it's just, it's just depressing that well, I don't these think are he... the people that make so much money they can buy football hey, teams. John Bon Jovi has a lot of money. He doesn't have... Uh, enough money to buy an NFL team. He'll be closer to the Gloria Estefan, Venus, and Serena Williams, like, you know, 1% celebrity ownership. By the way, He's not going to be a huge part of it. One of Bill Belichick's best friends. For for going back decades. How dare he then go inside the division and try to take on Belichick? See, that's a Belichick move. Take an AFC East team, number one, displace them (laughs) out of the United States, and then dissolve them from the inside out. John Bon Jovi, I'm dispatching you to do that. Also, rocker. You're not giving nearly enough credit to his days with the Philadelphia Soul right now. Uh, That's true. Did a great job Championship. Here's, as someone that grew up in the region, I could tell you there might be heat here, too. If John Bon Jovi bought a New York-based team, Mm. a New Jersey guy, always a lot of heat between those two states, and said, not only am I buying this team, I'm taking them out of the U.S. of A., that's quite a shot at New York. Does he plan on taking them out of the United States? That that's the he, plan with this group. I move think it to Toronto potentially. Wait, th- this coming on the heels of Toronto and the NFL deciding this one time a season game didn't work this time. We're not gonna do it next year. Right. It's a little confusing. Judy Batista spoke about it at the annual meetings with me. That this Rogers communication, they really want to get the Bills. Basically, they want to get a team and they want them in Toronto. And yet, I don't. It doesn't seem like that. That's lame. It's got to work. Toronto already has a team, the Argonauts. And the Bills have been in Buffalo for 50 years. Keep them there. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. Raise your hand or speak out loud for the purposes of the audio uh, portion of the podcast, which is the entirety of the podcast, if you own a Bon Jovi album. Currently? Stop. Ever. No one. Ever, Yes. Just uh, asking. You could ask oh, it was, I had a girlfriend hmm. in like fifth no. or sixth grade where that was our song. How many did you own, Dan? Bon you wouldn't have asked. the heart? <clears throat> I no. don't have a single Bon Jovi. But album. have you did in the past? Never, no. You were driving around in your Subaru uh, in 1998. Subaru. And Ford Escort. Dan's too young for albums. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, I was a Springsteen guy, so you kind of looked down on Jovi. Uh, what is the crucial Bon Jovi song? I'll go around the room right now. If you had to pick one. Come on, let's not be a snob about this. Uh, living on a prayer. Yes, Mark. I'd have to echo that, Greg. I'm gonna go with 
It's My Life because wow, it's... Wow, the comeback jam. Well, because it's the worst song ever, <laughs> and it's it was always played, and it's always like, hey, here's... Bon Jovi's new song. He's still great, but it's terrible. And by now, that's 15 years old, too. I like how Richie Sambora got the chance to to do that whistling into the tube effect next to his mic and brought that into the mainstream in the millennium. Uh, Living on a Prayer was the best song. I liked Lay Your Hands on Me. That's an old jam. Gold standard behind the glass. Did he do Wanted Dead or Alive? Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that, one. too. That was a good that one. That was the intro to uh, what was the... Young Guns. Young Guns, Also too, the... Deadliest catch. Yes. Another option would have been bad medicine. Mm-hmm. Your your love is like bad medicine. That bad was medicine bon Jovi. Is what I, I need. Well, I thought that was another little. Band. Do you know that Bob Dylan actually wrote that song? So John, <laughs> Bobby, John Bon Jovi. Could, Dan, did you know that Living on a Prayer? When that song came out, it was not as big as Shot Through the Heart. Right, shot through the heart was always a little overrated to me. Yeah, I living think on a prayer. Was living like on a prayer got more run. famous like a generation later. Mm. They were both huge. Though. They were yeah, oh, they were huge. But shot through huge. the heart was the was the first song that put them on the map. Well, they're not. He's None not. Get, of you he's not getting a, the bills. A John Bon Jovi album. We were a little young for that. I was a little. Yeah, I had to, but I he didn't. was not my cup of tea. He had reached a zenith by about eighty nine or so. And that a little before Greg and I's time as music lovers, <laughs> and if you guys weren't in, who's and we know Gold Standard wasn't buying the Keep the Faith album. So if Bon Jovi was a pair of jeans, they would be acid, acid washed. That is correct. Final thought. Maybe that's what you should eat this year. <laughs> pair of acid washed jeans. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea to eat acid. If, how about if <laughs> it's funny? Scientist speaks. If Bon Jovi buys the bills and moves them to Toronto, will you eat acid washed jeans, Chris Wesley? No, they should be forced to. <laughs> Who, the, the people of Toronto? No, the bon, the ownership group. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Oh, like that's the last stipulation in the contract. That yeah. would be. And then they all die, and then they stay in Buffalo. That's that would good. basically be what it'd be Buffalo's like for. Bills fans. Yeah. If that happened. All right, moving on. Draft day starring Kevin Costner and Jennifer Gardner out Friday. Mark Sessler and I wrote up a review. I would call it a middling review of the film. Maybe not the, the our writing, but in terms of what we thought about the movie. B minus both. I would say B minus. We settled on um Wes, what were your thoughts about the movie? Because you were in the theater with us. Greg chose not to join us, famously. <laughs> I already forget much of the movie, but that's not to say it wasn't entertaining. Uh, Mark and I uh, went to happy hour before the movie. uh, Had I think we were there for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, went to the movie, and neither of us got up once during the whole film, Mm. which shows you that it it was enough to keep our attention. And um, I think I was thinking about getting up for an hour, but it just pulled me in. So that's my review. It kept your mind off of more pressing. In normal cases, matter. So yeah. that, that's something. Well, I think Dan and I also talked about like going into it. I, my expectations were low. I'm not expecting this film to recreate cinema or you know solve some of the world's issues, and it didn't. What are you talking about? I, I saw your review. That's true. It was basically, well, a mixture I, between Casablanca and Citizen Kane. Well, no, but yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, yeah. talk about that. <laughs> I Gold learned Center. not to do that again. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Full of heart from start to finish. (laughs) Delivers on the great tension of the NFL draft while showing how human the entire process is. (laughs) Well, now, hold on. Mark Sessler, NFL.com, around the league. 
That's the banner ad running across the homepage. Where's the music from? How did... When did Mark become Belgium? I, what was that? <laughs> that was the reviewer. I asked the gold standard to deliver me some uh, background music with emotional heft. That was, that was a great I thought that was Dances with Wolves, potentially. <laughs> uh, Mark, do you want to explain that? You were quoted by their promotional team. I will explain it. Um, the process was, uh, when I was on my vacation, I found out I had like 20 minutes to do this. I was late on delivering it and wrote it while tending to my uh, two toddlers. So, But <laughs> nonetheless, I sort of stand by what I wrote because I do think the film had a fair amount of heart. That's what it had going for it much more than... There's a lot of stuff in terms of the technical wheeling and dealing of the draft day scenarios that was absurd. Some of the ways the teams would negotiate and how Costner didn't even know the name of a fellow GM, that stuff rang absurd to me. Right. But a lot of background information but to But it did keep have heart, and it did show. I thought it, it showed some of the human stuff, like the Jacksonville GM, for instance, who was a bumbling, sweating idiot. That's sort of what I meant. Uh, they put some of my words together, and that's, that's fine, but I, I stand by that. I was uh, eternally vigilant while I was watching the movie, waiting just to jump over some scene that really wouldn't happen in the NFL. And for the most part, I thought it rang pretty true. Well, what about when Dennis Leary lit a draft analyst guide on fire and threw it on mm. Costner's desk? That, that actually happened. Dick Duran in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> what about when the Pro Bowl incumbent quarterback <laughs> went into the general manager's office and completely trashed it in a rage when he found out that they were going to take well, the quarterback? By the way, Belichick read this from beginning to end and gave his notes. Some version. You couldn't well, see like Ryan Leaf doing that? <laughs> I guess you're right. Um, I have a quote also. If, you, if we run that music back, if they want to use it, I'm going to throw it out there. Draft day. Definitely not Kevin Costner's sports movie version of Waterworld. Dan Hanses. NFL.com. What accent was that? What, what kind of human being <laughs> voices three that? times within three sentences? That was Game like C-3PO with like a, a, a wire loose. Is that what Esperanto it's, sounds like? <laughs> it's a really bad actor at Game of Thrones. A guy that can't hold an accent and has... <laughs> No level. Speaking of acting, Arian Foster had a, a genuinely moving moment in the film in the third act, which he wasn't terrible. No. P. He's, Diddy, terrible. Arian Foster plays like an 18-year-old or something. 21-year-old, and he's really like 30 almost. Yeah, he did, but he doesn't look too old. He's not like, I don't know, give me an example of a young guy that comes in that looks like he's 30. James Vanderbeek? Yeah, well, I guess James Van Der Beek in Varsity Blues is a good example. Yeah, I think Foster just kind of makes the Timothy cut. Timothy Riggins. Better, better actor, uh, Arian Foster or Jesus Shuttlesworth, a.k.a. Ray Allen? I th- Ray Allen, I thought, was genuinely Well, wasn't Ray Allen okay-ish. asked to do a lot more than Arian How Foster? How about Bernard yes, King in Fast Break? Mm. That's oh, that's really I showing that. my I have age. to reference yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've noticed that the reviews, for the most part, have kind of been in the same boat as us. There was... I knew there was going to be the obligatory review that just destroys the film and basically positions the NFL as an evil conglomerate. That was a, some slate review, which I read, which was kind of silly to me. It's an okay movie. Overall, it's getting okay. decent reviews. Yeah, if you yeah. like football, as, as, you'll as probably Slate enjoy is it. want to do. Yeah, I mean, good job, Slate. Way to take a stand. The uh, same stand you've been taking for a decade and a half now. I know. It's like Media cool war. cigarette, bro. Uh, all right, moving on. Slate heat on the little program. Media just, back and forth. I just, like it. That's a me- and I am not an NFL shill, but that was the, my immediate thought when I watched the movie. Is this is going to be an easy target for the the blogger out there to write? We're not uh, smart to we're not smart enough to argue right. with Slate. The NFL. This is an NFL commercial in 120 minute form. 
and they and that was the outlet that went with it. But for the most part, I found that the reviews have been okay. It's it's a C plus B minus movie. We should have Slate on the show. Continue this draft day conversation for weeks more. <laughs> I think I think I understand Slate's oh, viewpoint. That would be the first Greg, time that we'd be better dressed than the guests. <laughs> yeah, no. Greg, right. will you go see this in the theater? No. <laughs> wow. Get a chance to see it for free with yeah. all of us, and he passed. Only if they cordon off a parking spot right in front of the theater right. just for him. I mean, I have a child. It's different. You really got to pick and choose where you're going to see a movie. So, no, I would not. All right. So I'm going to pass around a piece of paper. Thank, thank you, Gold Center, for reminding me whether we'll talk about this more. Um, let's do. Let's play a little game. We're all going to guess the box office gross for draft day this upcoming weekend. Uh, the closest without going over. And wait, don't write down yet because I have a little information I want everyone to have. And whoever comes closest without going over gets a free dinner and drinks at our next ATL outing. Let me just give you a couple little bits of information the last two <laughs> costner put out two movies this year jack ryan shadow recruit made 15 four opening weekend three days to kill made 12.2 those are both busts um so just keep that in mind that's where he's been in his first two movies thrilling podcast go with, material here as we're writing go down with, numbers. <laughs> people are hanging on the edge of their seats let's get closer to let's do like Let's say thirty point seven. Go point. Let's go points so we can break ties. All right. Let's put it in Wes's right. uh, hat. No, well, you have to wear your hat. All right. Here we go. Wait. How do I know whose is whose? I put my name put on it mine. in this fluorescent okay. green it's got uh, a drink drinking glass. All right. Should we hold on to these until? The, should we not look at them or should no, we share them now? Let's announce. All right. right? Let's see. Wes had eleven billion and then crossed it out. Twenty-two point two million. <laughs> All right, Wes is done on the high end. It's not even close. That would be a, a surprise hit. Oh, I that'd have no be trouble. Well, Wes has seen it. He has a reference point. I All have right. no idea what a movie. Mark Sessler, eighteen point eight million. Eighteen point eight eight. Mark's eight. out. It's down right. to two. Those two are not even close. Greg Rosenthal, nine point nine million, just missing the ten million marker. I thought you said the 15.2 was You said was don't a, go over. So that was, you know, I was worried about that. I thought you up. said the one that was a, a bust got yeah, 15. Yeah, Shadow little, Recruit little, made how much? 15. But that's a Come much, on. But that's much better. Uh, that's like a... Greg, you've overthought it. And Greg finally, apparently has this down to a sign. I have mine at 12.7 million. Oh, I'm liking this. So I'm liking this. In summation, Greg 9.9, Dan 12.7, Sessler 18.88. And West twenty two point two. So we'll we'll come back on Monday and we will find out who came closest and who's getting drinks and food for free. West and I are going to be <laughs> who's paying saving for this? our money. We the whoever wins, the three other guys pay for the drinks. Oh, I did not it? agree to these terms. <laughs> you better win then. I don't think that's possible according to Mister Movie over here. Ooh, I do follow. I do like reading the box office guru every week for the last twenty years or whatever it is. Fifteen. Years so it would be it's fun. an utter insult if Wes nails this, having not yeah. even known how opening box offices Ooh. work. According and to you, your know Wes is going to win now. I mean, who yep. knows? These things are inherently impossible to predict. It that would just be a big happy surprise for the Costner movie career if he if he got a number like that hmm. this weekend. Wesleyan is a seer. It is full it of happens. heart from start to finish. That's true. I've heard that. And, you know, Costner needs this. <laughs> That's a lot anything. to do with A lot it. of motivation. <laughs> Does he need, like, another wing on his Malibu house? His third Malibu house? All right. 
let's move forward. Roster reset time. We got two more today. Uh, we will start. Who do we want to start with? Do we want to go Kevin Patra first or second? Let's do him last. All right. We'll start with the AFC East. Uh, I wrote this one up uh, yesterday or over the course of the week. It will break down the four teams. This is what we've been doing. We kind of go over what these teams within the division did over the offseason to this point and uh, how the division is looking. AFC East, to me, and I welcome um, anyone to jump in, is still Patriots country. Uh, and it has been for many years now. And I don't think I didn't see anything in the offseason to tell me that the Patriots aren't going to be that team again. And the and the biggest thing to me, it's obvious, but Darrell Rivas. This was a signing to me that completely changes their defense potentially. I think they get him at the perfect time one full year after the ACL injury. He's a great fit for Bill Belichick's defense, much better than he was in Tampa. So, And to me, if Rivas is the guy that he was with the Jets, um, then I think that the, Buc- the Patriots defense is much better. And as long as Tom Brady is still Tom Brady and stays healthy, I think this is going to be another long season for the the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills, despite gains being made uh, by at least two of those teams. So not only were the Patriots winning this division rather easily last year, you believe they're the most improved team in the offseason as well. Yeah, I didn't think that... The gap is widening. I think, and I guess maybe I'm not afraid to potentially overvalue what Rivas could bring to a team. And being a Jets fan, I saw how special he was uh, before he hurt his knee. And I just get the feeling like I would not be surprised, and I don't think anybody should be surprised, if Rivas in his age 28 season or 29 season, fully healthy, just has an amazing year and gets exactly the setup he wanted once he voids that contract. And it works out for everybody involved, including the Patriots. I think it's become an arms race. Not with the the Patriots and the Jets anymore, but with the Patriots and the Broncos. And that was the move that kept them um, neck and neck with the Broncos. Sessler, do you believe the Patriots are better after this offseason? They did lose a few people. Brandon Spikes, LeGarrette Blunt, Aqib Tlaib. Really, Revis is the main the main addition, and they re-signed Edelman. They brought in LaFell, Browner. Brandon Browner? Eh, eh, I'm not that excited about that. I, I don't think losing spikes um, is a huge issue for them. It might I, be a gain. Jamie Collins plays more. Yeah, and I think that Revis is a an upgrade over Tlaib. I mean, that's, you know, Tlaib had a, did a nice job with them. Uh I, yeah, I don't have, I don't struggle well, with that. I think the Jets though did a lot to improve themselves, so that's I'd put them close and, to some degree. Oh, by the way, the most dominant position player in the NFL is coming back from an injury for the Patriots. Rob Gronkowski. I thought you were going Vince Wilson. That's what right I there. thought. No, I'm kidding. Uh, at this point, but that is a good point that they're improving. They had a lot of injuries last year at key spots. Yeah, I mean the things that you look at with this team is. You know, two years ago they had they were the envy of the league at tight end, and now they seem to that might be a position at the draft where they need to upgrade. You have Gronk coming back from not just a regular knee injury; it was a really bad. It wasn't Dustin Keller knee injury, but it was still ACL, MCL, blown out. And this is a guy that's had issues with his health. He's back, but you can't. It can be fairly questioned if he's a guy that can stay on the field for 16 games now. And you know, with Aaron Hernandez obviously out of the picture, they. They could use another guy to be like the move tight end. Owen Daniels was someone they pursued, but that didn't work out. He signed with the Ravens, so they need some depth there. Their linebacking crew is very solid. You have uh, Mayo, Hightower, and Collins. Uh, no, no other depth on the roster there. They don't have anybody with a start. 
uh, behind those guys, so they're very susceptible if they get hit with the injury bug. And then Blunt, LeGarrette Blunt was a guy that was a stud down the stretch for them. I get why they didn't bring him back because he's been kind of a elusive talent over the years, but I don't know if they're going to be looking to add another guy to the mix with Vereen and Ridley there. I don't know. What do you guys think about Shane Vereen and uh, Steven Ridley? Plenty good enough. Yeah, yeah and Vereen, you know, they, I think their offense, was they were able to do things wh- that they couldn't when Vereen came back. He is a guy you can line up out wide. He's ex- extremely good at catching the ball in the backfield. So, you know, Blunt, not a luxury, but I think they'll be fine with it. They'll be fine and find a way to move on without him. Jet, Jets fans in the media especially don't seem thrilled with their offseason, but they dramatically upgraded two spots they absolutely need to with Michael Vick and Eric Decker. Those are, to me, those were good, think good about, signings. Think about what the upgrade is, too. It's Michael Vick over David Garrard, who has knees in theory only at this point. And then you have Eric Decker, who maybe you could argue is more a 1A or a, a great number two, but the upgrade from him over Santonio Holmes is gargantuan as well. So that was, you know, for all the heat that the, gla- the Glacier, John Idzik, is getting, those are big signings that made the team better. Um, do, I, do I think that's enough to, to make them a neck-and-neck team with the Patriots? I don't think they're there yet, but I think – if they would have gotten the cornerback, and I think they probably should have really thought hard or harder about bringing back Revis and then not getting a Dominic rogers um, uh, that kind of put a little stink on their offseason to me because now they might have to use the draft again to get a cornerback, uh, which they've done three times in five years, and they really should be focusing on skill players on offense at the top of the draft, but I don't know if they could do that anymore because putting D. Milner as the number one cornerback on this team is asking for disaster. There's been a lot of, if you watch the Jets closely, there's been a lot of talk about how Milner made a lot of progress down the stretch, but that maybe was a little overblown. He got lucky on some plays where he got burned and there was drop passes or an overthrow. Um, he did get better as the season went along, but to think that he is now on the right track, it's too early to say. I like the idea of a Chris and Chris backfield. Chris Johnson and Chris Ivory, the Jets are in the mix at the right price. We're hearing they'll bring him in. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. I think that helps that team a lot. But, yeah, I think they just need to add playmakers. They can't settle on Decker. And even if they got Chris Johnson, I still think that number one pick should be um, a wide receiver. What do we think of the the Hickster? Made the biggest financial move in this division. I guess the biggest move this entire offseason. We haven't even mentioned it. Brandon Albert, highest paid player, right? Albert, yeah, I mean, this is the offensive line with the Dolphins was not only a, a weak weak point for the team week to week, but it was also a source of huge embarrassment. But now you bring in Brandon Albert, you put him on the left side, you give you give Ryan Tannehill an actual um, replacement to Jake Long, which he didn't have last year. Um, you know, they still have work to do on that line, though, and I think that the draft is where they'll continue to get better. Brought back Brent Grimes, brought back Starks. Sign Moreno as kind of a rotational guy. I like that. And I think Moreno, yeah, they Wes, we've talked about it. Lamar Miller is somebody that the, the Dolphins internally have never trusted, it seems. And Moreno is also a guy who is an all-around back and also a, a plus blocker, pass protector, which Ryan Tannehill sacked 58 times last year, and that simply can't fly. If you want him to get better and you want him to continue to progress, you need to get – better protection around the guy, and Moreno is a guy that's a sneaky big addition in terms of helping handle that. Yeah, I think Miller and Moreno are a good combo because 
uh, Marino does everything well that Miller kind of lacks, the fundamentals of the position. And what Marino lacks, uh, speed, Miller has in spades. Hmm. So I think they complement each other pretty well. It's certainly an upgrade over Daniel Thomas, who is just tough to watch, I think. That's great. You don't have to watch him anymore. Well, you That's never your know. boy? Uh, he's my boy as much as Cortland Finnegan's your boy. That's all okay. I'm saying. Wow. <laughs> we don't want to even bring up Finnegan's name anymore for fear that he might come after Mark. Listen, he and negative. I are, we have made our amends. I'm cool with him. I said he's a potential bounce back guy. Great, Dan. High value. Great, Bang, Dan. he oh, loves me. Great. Everybody loves Dan. Dan's like, I see a conflict <laughs> over here, so I'm going to jump in and look really good to one of these two <laughs> people, then walk away and get a cup of coffee. The Raiders love me. You know who doesn't <laughs> love? Antonio Cromartie doesn't like him. He called me a liar on Twitter a few months back. I forgot to mention that. Accurate. So it's not all love. Accurate. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> <clears throat> the Buffalo Bills, I have fourth. I mean, I don't think the Bills had a dreadful offseason, but it was kind of a little ho-hum. And for a team that has been ho-hum for too long now, uh, maybe it would have been nicer if they did something bigger. They obviously lost uh, Jairus Bird. Jairus Byrd. <laughs> Jairus you know, they bring back, the, they add Corey Graham. He was a nice <laughs> slot guy uh, with the Ravens last year. He might see some safety looks, and they also extended Aaron Williams. So, But the secondary obviously took a big hit there. And the other, I guess, you know, Brandon Spikes I thought was a good signing. Good run stuffer. Greg, you're not as high on him. I know, Wes. No, you I love Greg, Brandon Greg Spikes. loves him. Oh, uh, you do like him. I love Brandon Who Spikes. Who doesn't like him? Oh, Wes, you didn't like him that much, right? I like him. I just think he's silly for predicting wins over the Patriots. Yeah, I like uh, <laughs> I like what they did. They took a, some short-term gamble spikes. I mean, the biggest move, the biggest high-octane move is Mike Williams. It, I like that move. They give up a late-round pick. They don't have to pay him much money. He improves what should be an interesting offense. I would argue that Buffalo, and not, um, not in terms of how many moves they made, but they might be the team that can give the Patriots... Mm. Some heat, but there's one big issue. If that qu- that quarterback position might be the one weak spot. Yeah, I found it very strange that the scouted come on. I would have liked um, for them to go out and w- maybe go ha- hard after Michael Vick or got somebody in there that could truly push EJ Manuel in his second year. Instead, Doug Welly doubled down at the combine and said that the team was all in, not just on Manuel, but also on Thad Lewis, Dennis Dixon, and Jeff Toole, which is <clears throat> all the QBs on the roster. So it doesn't sound like they're going to. Uh, do anything but put the franchise in Manuel's hands this season. So I guess you got to do it. He was a first-round pick last year. But a lot you know, more questions than answers in his rookie year. Mike Williams, I don't know. I know that seems like on paper. I'm not as thrilled about it. I kind of see it as something that we'll forget about by October, and he'll have 14 catches by week six. I don't see him as an oh, impact he, guy. He, didn't, he had some nice games with the Bucks. that's for, for sure. sure. I, mean, I mean, he got a $40 million contract last year. I know he's had it, but I don't know. I don't know if that guy's head is on straight to actually – uh, become an impact player, and going home is a bit of a weird move, too. We we do key arrivals and key departures as part of our Roster Reset series, NFL.com backslash Roster Reset. How about that? Uh, and, you know, one of the persons you could have put under key departures, probably the biggest one, is Mike Pettin. So we don't know if this defense is going to be as good as it was last year because it looked like it should be one of the best, most talented defenses in the league in 2014. Maybe it doesn't matter, and they're fine with Jim Schwartz, and they'll be a top-five group. Because if they had Mike Pettin in that defense, I would think this is a sneaky playoff type of yeah. team. All right, moving on. We were going to do the roster reset of the NFC South today and get Kevin Patrick on the phone. But I feel like you know we're up against it on time a little bit. We don't want to go too far over. And He, just got, Patrick, he got Matt Damon. 
He got, he got Matt Damon a little bit, Kevin Patrick, coming at you. But we want to give him his correct amount of time. So we'll talk to Kevin on Monday um, and go over the NFC South because there's a lot to get to in that division. Uh, I think Kevin will be okay with that, right? You don't want to get on Kevin's bad side. I've <laughs> you don't. That. Actually, that's a question I want to ask Kevin next time we talk to him. I feel like he's a guy that's been in fights before. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Verbally, at least. No, physical oh. brawn. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get out of here. Chris Wessling wrote an excellent think piece, a nuanced take on Matt Schaub, and obviously the Raiders are all in on Matt Schaub. However, Chris Wessling says that's a foolhardy thought. Well, the inspiration for this was uh, basically Dennis Allen com- coming out and comparing Schaub to Philip Rivers and Peyton Manning, and then Maurice Jones-Drew saying Schaub can take us to the Super Bowl, a quarterback who's won one career playoff game against a Bengals team that barely showed up, and Kurt Warner basically saying this was a steal for the Raiders and that Schaub is still a top-flight starter. And everything these people are saying goes against everything Matt Schaub has put on film since Thanksgiving of the 2012 season. So I wanted to go back and see what happened to Schaub. Is there some kind of injury? Why did he lose confidence in his arm? Why is he no longer throwing down the field? Why is he checking down uh, constantly? And I noticed a different quarterback after Thanksgiving of 2012. And I think that pick six string happened because defenses had an offseason to study. And they saw a guy who was doing his play actions and his rollouts and throwing to his fullback, throwing sideways to the sideline instead of challenging defenses down the field. And almost all of his pick sixes came on out routes where quarterbacks were just sitting on the route knowing he wasn't going to test them deep. I think this is a guy who's been beaten and battered and has uh, missed more games than just about any starting quarterback of his era. Uh, Liz Frank surgery, shoulder surgeries, rib injuries, knee injuries, ankle injuries, concussions, and I think he just doesn't have it anymore. Wes really got in-depth on this. We have uh, you know the entire injury history. You even get into – other established starting quarterbacks in the past that have been benched and the aftermath after that. Um, really good take. So we highly suggest that you check that out on the Around the League page. Wes compares uh, Schaub to a punch-drunk boxer who still sees opening but can no longer exploit the sucker for a left hook. Shell-shocked signal callers ultimately suffer from that split second when they stop pulling the trigger on an open window. I mean... What, you're not going to read that, society? You're going to read it. <laughs> well, and this I, of all the things that Chris has written over his time with us, like I, this is my favorite piece because the point that I think you hammer home with the chart of the quarterbacks that once they were benched and they're in that thirty-something range, the stark future for all of them, the lack of success, that how quickly these one-time stars totally vanish this goes back 20 years and kurt warner is the only example i could find of somebody Mm. who was benched after an accomplished career and went on to find success with another team and i even went back 50 or 60 years and couldn't find anyone else right so to translate that for all the raiders fans out there that might want to respond chris thinks shab stinks and we hate your team (laughs) but you also note that the raiders maybe they don't believe him in him as much as they say because of the contract they gave him. Yeah, I think the contract was smart, but um, it's kind of disingenuous to promote him as the answer and then give him that yeah. contract. And Raiders fans, I'm on your side. 
Dan, that what? is outrageous. I've only blocked like four today so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Wes, you had a shout out, right? Before oh, we got yeah. Here? Loyal listener, Damien <laughs> Pittum, is getting married today. Wow. International like listener, Scott. Yeah. You are. <laughs> International listener, you guys have any advice for him? I can't give any because I'm not married. This is a dangerous precedent. We're soon going to be wishing kids birthdays. <laughs> well, I'd, you know, be a good guy. Don't be a bad guy. That's my advice. <laughs> I'd echo that. All right. Congratulations, buddy. What's his name, Damien? Damien. Congratulations. All right. All right. We're out of here. Uh, keep submitting your money tags, by the way. Uh, great ones coming in. They continue to come in. Hashtag, what is it, Gold Center? Hashtag money tags. That makes sense. It's logical. Uh, so we're loving that. On Monday, we'll be back. We're going to uh, go over the NFC South with Kevin Patcher. We're going to check in on the box office tally of draft day. Hold on to your hats. I don't even know how you're going to sleep this weekend. Uh, so that's all coming at you. But until Monday, this is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and the gold standard behind the glass. See ya. Do not take as I might want these 17 weeks from now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.